When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. With another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where we just dropped the latest episode featuring Chris Ardieri of the Domination Sports Nation. Hear what he has to say about week one in the NFL and week two in the NFL right there at Inside Sports Fantasy Football, wherever you get your podcasts. Also as well, Lakerholics.com. Check out the latest article today from the number one Lakers blogger that's out there in Laker Tom. Plus also as well, the great things at Five Things from Jamie Sweet. Go ahead and check out their latest articles today at Lakerholics.com. Plus Joe Soro, even though he is in Northern California right now around (laughs) San Francisco, watch out, Laker Tom. Be careful. There's still time to leave right there for you. <laughs> Joe Soro is still in and around the groups at LakersBall.com. So go ahead and check out what he's doing today at LakersBall.com. Plus our good friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And if you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, since the decision has been handed down against Suns owner Robert Sarver as far as a one-year suspension, and a maximum $10 million fine. The opinions on how light and or, depending on who you talk to, how tough the suspension is and the penalties that have been handed down are vary from individual to individual. Most, though, like us at the Lakers Fast Break that were on the other night, think that the suspension and the penalties were too light, and so does LeBron. Okay, Does that mean LeBron and Joe actually agree on something? We'll go ahead and talk about that coming up here in a bit, plus also as well, hear Laker Tom's thoughts on the situation. And of course, we're going to be talking some Lakers stuff as well, including some great talk about the new Lakers jerseys, which they just released out there. 
Is it something you're interested in? Is it the statement for the statement jerseys that you are really interested in? We'll talk about that as far as what we think of the new statement jerseys here in a bit. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking about one of the, I got to say one of the, because he's been still putting out a lot of trade proposals out there at Laker Tom on Twitter is one of Laker Tom's latest proposals by the Celtics that he has created. Is that of interest to us? And would we ever see the day that we would make a trade in the modern era right now with the Boston Celtics? We'll talk about that. But also as well, the big question, can LeBron or AD win the MVP this season? We'll talk about that on the show as well. But first up, it is still the controversial topic of Robert Sarver is at hand. (sighs) Again, I think from a personal standpoint, I think the suspension for only a year and the $10 million fine, which is the maximum the NBA can actually, under its current guidelines, can go ahead and issue, is extremely light. I think he should have been given the number of years and number of instances where he violated certain codes of ethics as far as racial, sexual, and other types of of demeaning content that he actually made or reproduced or really a lot of stuff that's out there as far as the over 300 interviews that were conducted with either former or current Phoenix Suns personnel. I really think that, yes, there is no... 100% videotape or audio tape like there was with the Donald Sterling issue, but still 300 interviews and you still can't get it right is just a shame. The NBA and Adam Silver, we've always thought better as far as initially what you did with Donald Sterling, but ever since then, it's been kind of slipping as far as the attitudes going forward. And this seems to be as far as the demeaning talk, misogynistic talk, the the uh, the use of the the racial language that he actually uttered at various given points of times, even after the league had told him to stop using this type of verbiage, and he still continued to use it, is a bad sign for the NBA going forward. And that's my two cents. But here, you know, I just wanted to go ahead and stress that again. But here today to talk about his thoughts on it. It's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out today at Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, we're going to start with this because it is the talk right now going around the NBA. I do want to go ahead and give you the floor on it. It is something that, as you and I have talked over the years about how the league, in its effort to become a more diverse and hopefully more followed organization in regards to the way that they pattern themselves, seem to be with this decision on Robert Sarver, they seem to be taking a full step back. And that's a very sad sign indeed. It's kind of disappointing. And at first I was really outraged that he didn't get the same treatment as Donald Sterling. And I, you know, I've read more about the differences in the cases and Sterling had this tape and so forth. And in all of the instances, it's kind of funny because it's, it's following also a horrible situation with the Dallas Mavericks and one of the league's quote supposed uh, 
Glory uh, uh, leading coaches or leading owners in, in Mark Cuban, where there was really sort of a misogynistic, toxic workplace created there. Just the same as we've seen happen and, and we've known about for a long time in, in Phoenix. With and he got a slap on the wrist. What's even worse about it is you can tell that, I mean, I was actually embarrassed for David Silver. I mean, Adam, Adam Silver. Stone. He usually gets things PR perfect when he's faced with a difficult situation. And he blew that entire situation because they had to come out and correct what he said to basically say that, no, there is no difference between the standard to which the owners are held to and the players are held to when it comes to these types of behavior. This is not a frat club type of situation. And I don't care if you're a billionaire or not. This is this smacks so much of a plantation owner type of situation because of the fact that all of the most of the talent in the NBA is African American, and you have an owner who is acting like that, and then the treatment of women in in this era, <laughs> it's a it's a blight on the league, and and it's kind of interesting as to what's going to happen. I suspect that there's going to be a campaign by players, by various players, led by, maybe led by the Players Association even, to um, get him to sell the club. And I think there could be an effort by the league to try and, and make rules to go that way. The counter to that is the simple fact that after the Cuban situation and after this situation, the other owners are kind of, they don't want to have the, they don't want to have the looking glass focused on them and on their behavior and their organization's behavior. Because many of them, many of them do not run their organizations in the way that a professional organization should be run. And I think this puts something else into perspective when you look at the league and the 30 different ownership groups that have in the league. We've heard so many times about the poor ownership that the Lakers have and the championships that they've left on the court because of mistakes that they've made and and the inconsistencies of it but one thing we've never heard is this type of racist misogynistic behavior that all of a sudden seems to be seems to be encouraged by certain elements in the political system and and seems to be sweeping across the country and i think the nba has to take this really hard because this goes to the heart of what this league is all about which is african americans getting an opportunity to play basketball, which has opened up opportunities in a million other areas for them, be it coaching, eventually, hopefully, be it ownership of teams. I mean, how many black owners other than Michael Jordan are there in the league? I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. No, not not in a you know in the NBA. There's it certainly is still an issue that needs to be addressed. I'm just going to say right now, Laker Tom, that. You know, ever since the, you know, I I thought I had hope. I had hope after the Sterling decision, and I just mentioned this in the comments. I thought we were headed in the right direction. The NBA was headed into a progressive, correct direction after the the Donald Sterling decision. That you know, as an organization, you cannot conduct yourself in this manner. You cannot treat your employees like this in this fashion. It will not be tolerated. But it looks like to an extent that the NBA is tolerating it. And I've heard the comments today on several shows and podcasts. I think the one that sticks out to me is that 
the NBA right now is just clearly setting a line where it's just barely above what the NFL is doing. And that to me is not acceptable. It, you know, the NFL is the NFL and yeah, you know, that's, that, that's a, that's a, if two, that's your stand, if that's your standard, you're already losing. Yeah. The game. That's what I'm saying. That is just yeah. barely holding above that. And that's not good. That's not good at all. I mean, I, I think we're going to see, I, I think we will see a reaction. The difficult part is I didn't hear the Chris Paul comments. What, what actually did Chris say? Chris Paul Obviously, was being a, being a, probably the second most powerful player after LeBron and a member of the Phoenix Suns paraphrasing his tweet he basically stated that he did read the report and that he was deeply disappointed in regards to what took place and the and the decision that was made his sentiments echoed to some extent what lebron had stated who is very clear in his dissatisfaction with the decision and okay there is no magical tape there is a video supposedly that still and i think there is a video that of a holiday event that that also is that it has Robert Sarver in a very suspect tars what he was doing uh, you know leading along those lines but the case and case after case after testimony after testimony of over 300 people on what this man did to demean his employees and to state what he stated email after email is written in, in regards to racial insults and you still can't get rid of him. It's just ridiculous. You know what? If the league is afraid to go to court with Robert Sarver, that's bad. That is truly bad. Go to court. If he tries to sue, sue him back. It just seems to me that it's just a bad look for the league. And at some point in time, the league is going to be tuned out by its individuals because of the way it's being, you know, the, the, these people well, are hope, being treated. Hopefully the players understand that and see the importance of the public relations aspect of the league. And, you know, I mean, it's not only just the the whole situation with Sterling, but the league was just right on the right on the heartbeat of the nation when it came down to Black Lives Matter and all of the situations that we had then turmoil going through around the country and so forth and all of the controversy surrounding that. I thought I thought they were pitch perfect. So that's really what the big disappointment was seeing seeing. Adam standing up there and trying to justify this, you know, it's the and, proverbial one step forward, tying step himself, back. tying himself in the knots that he, they had to reverse. But when you come down to it and you and you look at it, the question is, what power do they have other than to say that he his behavior violated some league standard and therefore try to eject him? And then that means that. Then the question is, how do you compare what happened? What what did they do? What was the penalty for the Mavericks? There were a lot of really horrible things going on in the Mavericks too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know there was when it came to treatment of women. It was just and he, and that's that... actually really Sarver's greatest problem to me is is also some of the behavior in front of women, exposing himself and things like that. You you know these are things that you get sent to jail for. These aren't the kind of things that you just say, oh, give him a fine. He's a billionaire. $10 million? He wastes $10 million probably 50 times in his life already just on whims. I love the joke that was said the other night about how he could go ahead and add a 20% tip onto it and it would be no problem. Yeah, this thought of- <laughs> That was, you know, again, it's just, it's just a bad look for the league. A bad you look need to for do the league. Enough, you need to do enough to, and 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 I suppose there is somewhere a curmudgeon type of owner who was going to fight everything like that and and 
end up in court and so forth. But when you talk about exposing all of this stuff in court, all of the things that were said, all of the things that he did, the actions and so forth that he allowed, the, the atmosphere that he allowed to permeate, the toxic atmosphere that was created in the workplace, those are the types of things that I don't think that even somebody like like Robert Sarver wants to have laundered out in public. So I think there has to be a campaign, but it, it's going to come down to whether the players are angry enough about this to do something about it. Because if they don't do nothing about it, there's nothing that's going to be done about it. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections really funny yeah because of all the cutscenes, i could remember what a good movie was like <laughs> well played sir well played yes that's the only reason for the flashbacks so to remind you what a good matrix movie was that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts hey lakers fans looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces and discussions about the los angeles lakers well look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything lakers and the nba there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run so stop by and be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Laker Tom is here from LakerHolics.com. Please go ahead and check out his latest trade proposals today at Laker Tom on Twitter. Also, his latest articles that can be found each and every time out at LakerHolics.com. Once again, thanks so much for everybody in the chat room. Great opinions by Jeff Green, Blue Magic. Also appreciate Jim Faison. Thank you guys for obviously of course, being here tonight to go ahead and talking about this Jeff Green as well. Appreciate you stopping by and your thoughts in the chat room on this situation in regards to Robert Sarver. It is a very serious issue. We have always taken it seriously over the years here at the Lakers Fast Break. I've had extensive conversations with a lot of people on the show in regards to it. And still, we're not where we need to be in regards to these type of situations and how they're handled I still think it's going to be an issue. Jeff Green says, I know at $10 million, as I stated earlier, it is the maximum fine. Sarvin was given the maximum. NBA may have to increase the maximum. Yes, something's going to have to be done as far as increasing that, but also the pressure to go ahead and force him to sell. I really think that's the issue here because I think that more and more pressure is going to be put on 
uh, I think the, the Suns organization to go ahead and and have him sell. Uh, don't you think that's going to be the case? Tom? I just don't think this is going to stand. There's no other there. alternative. You don't have yeah. any other alternative. Yeah. I, I understand right now that the individual in charge is an, is an owner with a minority share uh, as far as that's been, you know, that's going to take over the team, but, and there are other minority shareholders as far as responsible that for the day-to-day right. operations. But, I think at some point that there's, you know, especially in a year, if this lays over for a year, there is going to be a lot of pressure by then to go ahead and have him exit it. Well, well, you hope that the league, especially after they've done an, this an extensive investigation like this, they obviously have identified the processes that are incorrect, the people perhaps that should be replaced that are incorrect, and and there has to be some follow up both with the Mavericks and and with the. Uh, and with Phoenix to make sure that this is not happening, yeah. that there has been, you know, it's not just a change in leadership that's required. It's an entire change in the whole attitude of what kind of workplace you want to create. I mean, all of us sometime in our life have probably had a job that we hated because the workplace was just horrible. You know, there's such a difference between wanting to go to work in the morning because you like what you're doing versus forcing yourself to get out of bed and dragging yourself under the car to drive down to that job that you got, that you hate more than anything in the world, you know? And a lot of the time it is the environment in which you, you're, you have to perform your, the work that you're getting paid for. Let's hope that the league puts the pressure on and, and they ought to do something about checking because this has a lot to do with the integrity of the league long-term and the value of the brand. They should be, they should be making sure that this isn't happening anywhere else. You know, there has to be like almost like having a somebody who's overwatching, you know, just in making sure that that we're living up to the same. There must be, for example, every company has an HR policy. You would expect that the NBA, at least in looking at what's gone on in these two situations, if they don't already have an HR policy, they better create one or they better beef up the one that they have now to address these situations and provide obviously the solutions steps that you make and the steps that you also take to make sure that the situation gets corrected and that it doesn't happen in the future. Well, it's something that we're going to continue to monitor here at the Lakers fast break. This is something very serious to us and we will continue to monitor it. Hopefully there'll be more pressure in the coming weeks and months to go ahead and well, basically try to go ahead and see if we can get a stronger action per se. I is using maybe even a different phrase to go ahead and see what we can do to apply more pressure to the league, to go ahead and make a better decision on that. Blue magic says, I agree with Tom, a toxic workplace is so taxing on mental health. It is. I've been in a toxic workplace in my life and it is horrible. And it absolutely stinks. The reporter, uh, I can tell that that's from my personal and coming home every day. It, it is, it weighs on you. It absolutely does. And the reporting said that apparently an employee at the Suns tried to commit suicide because of the toxic environment. I wouldn't be surprised if there's even more than that, more than just one. So, I mean, the NBA just really has to go ahead and reevaluate the way they, they had dealt with the situation. And, and because they're not going to, they're not going to stop hearing about it. I really think that this one, they're not going to stop hearing about it. I don't think this one's going to go away anytime soon. Well, you know what's kind of related to this, and not I know that you've got a tight schedule today, so I'll just make it quick. It's the situation with uh, domestic violence and 
how that's treated in the league and, and what happens with players involved in that situation. Because again, there's another thing, there's another area where I think it's important for the NBA to take a really strong stance. And I don't know, you know, you, you got the situation that the Hornets are in and, uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I mean, I, I read a tweet from somebody that said, you know, what happened if the Lakers traded for this player? Uh, you know, I would I would probably be very angry at the Lakers' ownership and front and front office if they would trade for somebody who had done something like that. Now, obviously, he hasn't had a trial yet, and we don't know what's going to happen in that extent. But these are the types of these are the types of issues for which the NBA has led professional sports by being pitch perfect on, and uh, I'm hoping that they'll correct those and and find a way to to get back to being picture perfect on this whole issue of misogyny and racism in the workplace. Well, I know when Jason Kidd was hired as an associate head coach, I know there was a, some feedback for the Lakers yeah. in regards to things that he did in his past in regards to that. So I'm, I'm hoping they don't get that. Hey, everybody, everybody deserves a second chance, you know, I, and I, and, and, and if the Lakers mistakes in their life, you know, but, Sometimes well, if the Lakers decide to part. Well, let's say they decided to go ahead and and uh, maybe look into Rajon Rondo, as I've always talked about him right. being coach or whatnot. I think that now, after his situation, that be very uh, shaky for me as well to go ahead and accept, especially after yeah. what has been uh, accused on his part. So, yeah, just some very uh, funky stuff going down, and I'm hoping that. But, the, in, but important for important for the brand and the and the longevity of the league you know yeah and that's something they may not they may not get more more they may not get more eyes than the nfl but generally they thought that had a higher ethical standing in the past so at least up to now well i think blue magic i think at some point there's going to be more pressure whether or not he ultimately does walk it back or does make a, a more affirmative decision we'll wait and see i'm hoping that public pressure will have him concede and do something about it and try to go ahead through legal means to get the ownership out of the hands of Robert Sarver, but we'll see. Plus I'd like to see a more diverse ownership group as far as from the NBA is concerned. I'm hoping that that day will come sooner rather than later, because obviously right now we're not at the place where we need to be in the NBA or in any of the sports leagues for that matter. But that's another topic we could go ahead for like hours on because those issues, again, still haven't been addressed enough in my mind. And I'm sure Laker Tom agrees with me on that. But more to talk about when it comes to Lakers. I know those Laker unis that everybody has been showcasing on Twitter. We'll go ahead and talk about that here in a few minutes. But first up, one of the main topics for this evening was LeBron and AD. And I was scanning the sites here in Las Vegas as far as the sports books because I live in Las Vegas. And I'm thinking about putting some money down for MVP. And the reason why, well, earlier now that actually is kind of lower now, but LeBron was as high as a 41 shot to win the MVP for the season. He's actually since been reduced since a lot of Laker fans have put money on him down to 18. Yeah, I can understand that. 18 to one is his currently is his current value right now. Luka Doncic in the clubhouse is the leader at about four to one right now, as far as winning the MVP. What's AD? 
AD is right now held strong. I think nobody's really wanted to go ahead and put money into that one. That one for AD is 60 to 1. His odds are currently 60 to 1. What about for defensive player? For defensive player, I'll look that one up here in a sec. But, Tom, your thoughts on this? Should I go out to my local sports book? And if I do, I'll post it on Twitter. Should I go ahead and put it? Would I be wasting my money if I put some money down on LeBron James for MVP? Well, you know, there's two kinds of bets that you make in life. There's the bets that you make just for fun because it's 20 bucks and you can lose 20 bucks. So you could spend 20 bucks at, at Jack in the Box tomorrow, you know? I mean, it, and then That's there's a heavy meal. You know, then there's betting next month's rent, you know, or, or your mortgage payment or something like that on it. Oh, I wouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I, we know, we know, Gerald, that, that you wouldn't. If people, I'm people, a responsible gambler. People don't have to know that you live in Las Vegas to even have an idea that you're not a wild gambler. Well, um, those days are long gone, and hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Right. Um, and I'm not, a, I'm not a wild gambler in that sense. I've made a lot of wild business gambles, but I've never made a, I've never put, I've never bet the mortgage on me <laughs> on a baseball or football or basketball. You know, it all comes down to, like we've always said, that. No team wants to play the Lakers in the playoffs with a healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And that doesn't matter who else they got. They just don't want to play those guys in the playoffs. That's a wild card of great potential. So we've always said that if the Lakers can stay healthy, they always will have a chance with those two players because they're both potentially capable of playing like top five players. I have not seen anything that tells me that Anthony Davis can't do that or LeBron James can't do that. Lady Luck's going to have a lot to do with it. Injuries definitely are going to play a big part in it. But we've seen that even more, I think, in the last three or four years, that that injuries seem to totally change the entire complexion of what are the eight teams from each side, from east and west, that that make the playoffs. Two out of three ain't bad. And, you know, and we've we've had two out of two. So I think that we're due for a year. I know I, I saw the other day when they, they ran a uh, – they ran a prediction for the uh, Lakers with if they'd gotten uh, nobody, even just went out with Russell Westbrook and the Lakers improved by like 10 wins. And, and the main reason was in the simulation, LeBron and AD played 80 games each. Wow. If they're healthy, if they're healthy and they can play 70 games each, the Lakers will be in the playoffs. I don't have a doubt about that. Even if, even if we're stuck with Westbrook, because I don't think that, I think if we get stuck with Westbrook, it will be so bad so soon that they will make a trade maybe before even the season starts. I think they'll find out in training camp. You know, I mean, I don't see a situation where Russell Westbrook would come into training camp and be so great that everybody would be thinking, we're not going to move this guy at all. We're going to keep this guy. We were crazy to think that we should move him. He's going to come in and he's going to shoot like he did in that video, those edited videos that we've seen online where he hit like, 10 out of 15 threes and, and sort of had a new shot where he's shooting it a little lower and, and so forth. I never believe those videos, even though I love them, I never believe them. And then with Westbrook, I totally don't believe them because his, the, the issue isn't really his jump shot. The issue is his shot selection. The issue is his mental lack of discipline, his, his ability to turn the whole thing into chaos and, and to, and to just deflate his teammates with, ill-timed bombed out shots that don't work or turning the ball over 
or forgetting to cover somebody or not by not making a rotation. It's the kind of play where next time that people choose teams, he's the guy who's sitting on the outside and can't get on a team just because he won't play the way that you have to play if you want to win in team basketball. Well, I will say in answer to your question from earlier, Anthony Davis is a 20 to one shot to win defensive player of the year, just to let you know. So there's some decent money there. Uh, again, AD is a 60 to one shot and LeBron is currently an 18 to one shot to win the MVP. Well, the thing is LeBron or AD in order to win an MVP, first of all, they got to play like they did in 2020. Second of all, they got to play more games than they ever have as a member of the Lakers because neither of them have played 70 games in a season with the Los Angeles Lakers. So that's going to be And they got to hope and they got to hope that their co-superstar doesn't also have just as good a year and split the votes because it becomes almost impossible if you've got two guys. This is true. You know, I mean picking one guy from you know, it's always a it's always a handicap when you're on a team with those. Well, LeBron, I will say LeBron, if LeBron gets 70 games in and the Lakers are 47 to 50 wins, I say he's going to be in the running for MVP. He would have to be in the running for MVP. He's got to be the sentimental favorite, wouldn't you think? I mean, yeah, his 20th season. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. If There's he gets no way. if he gets in, old, if he gets he well, he would be 39. Going into January, Wait, February. Now it'll be 38, I think. No, he's 38 now. I think. What's his birthday? December 30th? Yeah, I'm going to look it up right now. But yes, I right now I'm going to say that, yes, LeBron James, if he plays 70 games. I think that and, this is a 38-year-old season. Uh, 38. Yeah, I said December 29th. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's going to be, yeah, 37, turn 30, and 38. You got yeah. it right. Okay, so yes. Yeah. He's still old. For an NBA player, yeah, come on, you got to give him a few points for for doing this for Again, doing this at this age. But if he can have a season like he did last season, where he scored thirty points a game, but if he can play give seventy the games, the guys who voted against them, and I will stalk every one of them. I, and mean, he, I can't believe that. And if he can have, if the Lakers can have similar success to what Denver did with Nikola Jokic, because Nikola Jokic, they won around 47, 48 games. And remember, Nikola Jokic did not have, yeah, but they didn't have, he didn't have Murray or Porter, which was a lot of reasoning why he was voted back-to-back MVPs on that. So uh, I think with LeBron and, and AD, people know right now the Lakers as a team are LeBron and AD and just everybody else. So, Right. I think that, that if they, again, if the Lakers are competitive. What are the odds for Russ? I don't know. I don't think they go up that high. He's not actually even listed actually on DraftKings uh, draft board as far as oh. the, uh, yeah. So actually I'm looking, yeah, he's not even mentioned right there. So sorry to Russell Westbrook. Apologies that you're not considered for MVP for this season. But once again, if you have thoughts on LeBron or AD actually being a viable candidate for MVP, please share your thoughts with me at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com or Lakerholics.com or Lakersball.com as well. But before we head on out, a couple last things to cover, my friend. And one is your tweet that you sent out recently, <laughs> one of your many tweets that you sent out recently that Actually, not a lot of people are asking you if you're smoking something or that you're on drugs. 
which is the usual response uh, as far as from some of your trade proposals. This one, actually, people thought was not too shabby. And that was a proposal. Oh, by the way, for Jeff Green, good one, Laker Tom. Odds for <laughs> Russ as MVP, maybe MIP, most improved player. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Jeff. But LeBron okay. and AD are going for MAP, most yes. available player. Yeah, that would be, uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, for you, have to play, you have to play something called 82 games in order to win that award. Well, I don't think, that, like I said, if we get 70 from both those guys, I think yeah. we can yeah. be uh, set up for at least a decent season. But before we head on out, again, wanted to ask you your thoughts on a proposed trade that you made in regards to Anthony Davis being traded. Well, to, off, well, it was just a proposal. Just yeah. a proposal. And your latest proposal outside the Utah and Indiana stuff, you're always proposing and throwing out there. I saw the one you did earlier today. But the one that caught my eye was a Boston proposal with Anthony Davis traded to Boston for Marcus Smart. And also, who did you have in there as Jaylen far as? Brown. Yeah, Jalen Brown. Yes, Jalen Brown. I thought it was good. I wouldn't take it, though, unless you had Robert Williams in the deal. I would take because, you know, it would be uh, something I would go ahead and, and ask for in the deal. This is Robert why Williams. nobody would trade with Gerald if he were a general manager. Well, you're giving up an athletic 6'10 <laughs> forward, and you're not getting an athletic 6'10 forward in return. So No, you're getting two elite defenders, man. Well, you're getting a, a I mean, a, there's a, very few people I would trade Anthony Davis for. And and frankly, I would I would not even you see the the first thing you have to do with Anthony Davis is you have to decide what is more important, your clutch relationship? Because you basically have gone to bed with clutch. And if you want to trade Anthony Davis, the only way you're gonna do that realistically might be for Ben Simmons <laughs> because he's a clutch client. Well, well, the um, reason why it caught my eye is because the, the Lakers currently have 17 world championships. The Boston Celtics currently have 17 world championships. They are notorious rivals, although the rivalry is not what it once was. But now that they're both tied with 17 world championships, who knows? It could heat up again. But the question I have for you is the teams have rarely done business with each other. But we Would do remember actually... the last. We do remember the last trade, don't you? Though I know yes. you do. <laughs> yes, I, I do. But that was again, a very, they... very Laker favored trade, and and it went a long way toward a lot of championships. It did. It did. But again, Rick Fox, it... the ex Celtic. Yes. yes, Rick Fox. Uh, he did. Oh, become... I can see Marcus Smart in purple and gold. Jalen yes. Brown in purple and gold. Well, the question I ask game. is: This is a guards game and a wings game today. Given the state of the Celtics, who are considered by many to be the favorite for the NBA championship, would they actually consider a trade for Anthony Davis? Mind you, Danny Ainge tried to trade for him earlier in his career, right around the time just before the, the Lakers traded for him. In fact, he wanted to go there, but his father, I think, Anthony Davis's father, intervened on that or said a lot You're of not comments. going to Boston, period. Yes, exactly. So your thoughts, would the Lakers actually uh, do a trade with the Boston Celtics? You know, it's, it, as I said, I don't think this would ever happen from either team. Even thinking how young Anthony Davis is when you compare his situation and the question marks surrounding him because of the injuries the last couple of years, and you consider that Boston really wasn't interested in Mark, trading Marcus Martin, Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, who is probably considered by most people to be the best player in the league right now. You know, Boston basically 
Boston should like exactly what they are. They've got a great deep team with a lot of talent. They just added a couple of players to make them even better going into next year. They shouldn't do anything. The last thing they should do is, is trade Brown and Smart. And, and, and actually, Smart, they probably should never trade because he really is the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics today. And he's the reason that team came back last year because he's the guy who challenged you challenged the two superstars on that team to pass the ball and play like a team. And he actually was the real catalyst that, that all of a sudden took a team that was losing and struggling and, and then had the best record in the league the rest of the way. From the Lakers standpoint, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are not only matched in their contracts and matched by who they're represented by, but they're a pair and you can't, talk about trading one of them without trading the other and without severing the relationship you have with clutch sports, which is not going to happen in the near future. Well, again, like Jim Faison says, he likes the deal. If it includes Williams, yeah, I, love, I the, like I the, love the deal personally, if it includes Williams, because AD is your front court right now, LeBron aside, LeBron aside, he is your front court, and you've got to get something back in the front court. Why don't we do the, just do the Pacers game. trade first, and then we'll do the AD trade? <laughs> There'll be, I don't know what the what. Okay, okay, you've got the draft picks going. You've got Russell Westbrook's contract going one way. Then you got AD going another. We'll see. I know, again, with if AD, let's say he proves to have a good season, but not a true back-to-form AD season. I think, you know, and I've told Joe Sower this, I'm giving him one year, but then you seriously got to think about moving him for the better good of the organization. He's gotten you a championship, but he's also going to go ahead and be a free agent at some point in time. And he's already talked about going back and playing. For no, Chicago. But we, got two, we have two guaranteed years for both he and LeBron. I understand that, but that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying if you don't get yeah, AD back one, to that one level, guaranteed year left, that's probably when you look to trade him. Yes, but if you're going to if you're going to trade him, AD looked like he was on the verge of being one of the top five players in the league coming out. He of that was, bubble. he was in the bubble. He was he was one of the. You know what really surprised me is I thought the vote for MVP in the bubble was going to be a lot closer because I thought I thought that there was a there was a, you could say in a lot of ways that that there should have been votes there should have been pretty close contest between LeBron and AD to win that title because to win MVP, because both of them had sensational series. I mean, AD shot like he's never shot before from mid range and from deep. Um, his three point shooting was spectacular um, and his defense and, and both of them played an extraordinary defense one-on-one. We really benefited from those four months that they had off. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from that from that championship, but you can't. And then here's the thing that I keep telling everybody that comes up to me and says we should have done something with AD this summer is you got two years of injuries there, and and you know, like you said, Gerald, if there's a third year, then maybe you got to really start to look at that situation. Yeah. But still, when you look at the injuries, that he really hasn't had that type of major injury that often really heralds a big drop in their productivity. You know, he's had these nagging little injuries and, and stuff like that. So he hasn't had, you know, an MCL, an ACL, uh, uh, God forbid, an Achilles, you know, something that would really make you question. And he's still only 29 years old. 
man, he was 26 when he came. <laughs> now he's 29, you know. Next year he'll be 30. And LeBron will be going into his 39th year. That's the last guaranteed year we have a LeBron James, year 39. He has an option to play for us in year 40. Well, we'll see. It all depends, of course, on Bronny and Bryce after him. You know, I think yeah. he'll play through Bryce. I think he'll play through Bryce's year just as that one final season. He'll play with Bryce and Bronny on a team to yet to be named because we don't know exactly the future for both those kids, but we'll see what happens. I know Jim Faison asked me about could they do a package, the Lakers do a package with Brown, Smart, Williams. I am looked at it on the NBA trade machine. The Lakers, unfortunately, are about $19 million short because with uh, AD, even, okay, next year he does get a bump up, so it, that gap gets a little closer, but you're still talking about close to $20 million that you would need to go ahead and make up for it. And unless you can trade him this year with Russell Westbrook's salary. Well, if, you, if you're going to trade him, you you might be trading LeBron with him. So, you know, that, that'll, oh, that'll solve it. LeBron is a Celtic. Problems. Yeah, that, that, well, that actually, yeah, you're right. That could, but yeah. I'm there, not there, That's the other thing that Anthony Davis's father saw how they treated Isaiah Thomas, man. Yeah. In Boston, and that was that was the reason why he that said was under that was a previous general manager. That was Danny H. Right. So mm-hmm. that I mean, maybe the things have turned around. I mean, the perception may have turned around. I yeah, mean, well, you think you think it's now it's Utah where he's not going to go? <laughs> well, possibly be the case. It could be just the I don't know if exactly you know when the comments were if it was for the organization or the individual as far as running the front office. That well, it was for the organization and the way that they treated a play a star player. You know. Yeah, but I don't, ultimately I don't, the Lakers have the, the ultimate decision on that because he doesn't yeah. have a no trade clause. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that we're going to trade Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is going to be fine next year. I think I think he and AD will, I think he and LeBron will both both should be able to play seventy games, no problem. Which is something they've never done as a Laker. Yeah. E of confidence. What they play? What they play the first year? Well, you know, LeBron got hurt. Halfway through, remember against Golden well, in, State in the, in the, in the bubble Christmas. year. What is what did they do in the oh, God, because yeah, because season? Yeah, it was abbreviated season because they played. I think forty something games. Know, how many games did he miss in the abbreviated season? I don't believe too many. I can check on that here real quick. Because I mean, we ended we ended that abbreviated we ended that abbreviated season with that great weekend sweep. Yeah, you know, remember so, as everybody says, you know, Anthony Davis got four months off, yeah, so right. you know. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> well, in LeBron James at 36 or 37, whatever he was at that year, you know. All right. Hey, listen, the... for, any of the, for any NBA player who's in his 30s, four months off probably is. In the 2019-20 season, which would include the bubble, he did play 62 games because of the abbreviated pretty close, season. Pretty close to full season. Full yeah, so pretty. Uh, that was, and that was Anthony Davis, so. Uh, but yes, they've never technically played right. 70 games in a NBA season. So right. it would have to be a first for them, for the Lakers, I should say, for the Lakers. Because yeah. both have played for New Orleans and Cleveland, uh, that amount, and then some. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. There's, there's an element, there's, there, there is, I believe, you can call it falling to the mean, or you can call it the basketball gods balancing the act. But, you know. There is karma, man. There is karma. 
And okay. and after two years of tough luck, I have a feeling the Lakers are going to see good health this year. Well, you mentioned just a few minutes ago saying that you think AD will be fine. He has to be more than fine on a team this. I think that AD. I I think that no, you're absolutely right, Gerald. I agree with you 100 percent on your statement because I think what you have to remember is why did we trade for AD? We traded for AD so that he would take the baton from LeBron, who was getting old. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen yet. No. It got close in the bubble, but then it, because of the injuries, it reverted and disappeared. We need him to come back and be that player who midway through this season explodes and just becomes what we all thought he was going to become, totally dominant. You know, a Shaq-like presence. Well, both him and LeBron. Presence, you know, unstoppable. And I think that we have the coach and the modern offense to be able to enable him to do that this year. Well, with him, um, I think LeBron. if we got Miles Turner, if we trade for Miles Turner, I will go down and put some money on Anthony Davis as MVP because he is the guy who Miles Turner would unleash. Well, I don't want to say who you can actually go. I think California, there are places, or you can bet online. I will give you that option because those are the odds online are similar to that. I will tell you right now. So bet MGM or one of the other, you know, ones that haven't sponsored us yet. So we're looking for sponsors mm-hmm. before we go ahead and you know give everybody the tout on I that. Have a couple but, of, I have a couple of accounts here and there. Yeah. You have a couple of accounts here and there. Okay. And an occasional, and an occasional wager here and there. All right. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. But I will say LeBron and AD because of the lack of depth, on the Lakers roster, which is a serious problem. And that's of serious concern to me. They have to play at more than the level. That's just fine. They have to play at an elite level for them to get where you want them to go in my opinion. And for them to really have any chance of winning an MVP this year, the Lakers have to win. They have to do at least just like Gerald said, at least as much or as well as the Denver Nuggets did last year when Nicola won it, yeah. right? Okay. Yep. In order to do that, they have to make a trade. Period. They have to make. They have to get rid of Russell Westbrook and bring in at least two starter players for him. Two starter quality rotation players for him. Well, they had to be considered for an MVP. Even Russell Westbrook in his MVP season, when I think they finished at Oklahoma City sixth, if I'm not mistaken, fifth or sixth in the conference, they still won around 46, 47 games. So if you're not in that area, I don't think either of them would be considered. But if they are, yeah, but we need winning around for that. We need, shooter, we need shooters or else AD and LeBron are just going to end up I'm not we telling you different. Shooters. I'm not disagreeing our with you. Our top 10 on that. players, none of our top 10 players are shoot within two percentage points of the league average. All That's 10 funny. of them are below are at least two points below and that and our best shooter is LeBron at 35.9%. Unless we Kendrick don't have anybody Nunn, who shoots 36%. Yeah, I don't know if you can even gauge Kendrick Dunn because he's been out for a year. Austin Reeves has still got a ways to go. I mean, the right there. That's that's why I am concerned as a Lakers and, fan. And your start and your and what the, what the projected starter according according to uh, uh, Zach Lowe was uh, Russell Westbrook. Damian 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 Jones. Jones at center. He's the weakest point of your. I mean, I like Damian Jones, but he's he is the weakest point of your starting lineup right now. 
not uh, a very good sign right now for the Lakers team as we go as far as very concerning, I should say, very concerning. But once again, it is Laker Tom. Please go ahead and check out his latest articles today at Lakerholics.com. Also as well, while you're there at Lakerholics.com, go ahead and check out the five things articles from Jamie Sweet or Yami Swoot, as John McCallion likes to call him, right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Before we head on out, some last words for you, my friend, and then we'll talk the statement jerseys before we head on out. Laker Tom, you wanted to say something? No. But before we head on out, my friend, I will say that Jim Faison, so outside LeBron, no Lakers shoots above 35% from three. Maybe Kendrick Nunn. I, I want to give Kendrick Nunn for some credit, maybe because he has shot over above 35% in the past. So maybe Kendrick Nunn, but he's been out a year. It's a, all a big if in regards to the rest of the rotation for the Los Angeles Lakers. A lot of big ifs indeed. Hopefully that all can be settled out in the next few days because LeBron minicamp is coming right around the corner. Then training camp in San Diego. Looking forward to hearing a lot of good things. When is training camp starting? Do you is I try I tried to look for an physical date an actual date and I can't find it online. Well, I'm going to find out right now when NBA training camp opens. I know that they space it out a few days between the you know which ones will and which ones not. Right. I know some do it sooner than others, but I'm looking right now seeing if the uh when these the teams go ahead and do it. I will go ahead and look that up right now, but before we head on out my friend and while I try to answer that question, did you get a chance to take a look? Patrick Beverly himself was actually wearing one of them. Mm-hmm. One of the jerseys, Patrick Beverly. Yes, Patrick Beverly was actually wearing one of them. one of like what eight jerseys that the Lakers will wear during yes. the season. They're called yeah. the statement jerseys. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, because the, the league, you know, one thing it does do well, it promotes its merchandise. Right. So right. we'll yeah. give them credit. Okay, we can Jersey all agree on that. Month. They yes. change jerseys every game. Every so, yeah, you know, it's just amazing. So I ask you, my friend, did you get a chance to check out this statement mm-hmm. jerseys? There's subtle little changes, subtle little things. That I like they the added black. I it. like the black. It jumps out at you. I like and the I white was, one. I thought it was better. I like the white one that represents the Minneapolis Lakers with the type of lettering that's on it. Plus also as well, I, I guess on a couple of the articles, they, they indicate, although the pictures are not very clear, that... There's supposedly a 17 somewhere in and around the neck to obviously signify the, the number of championships the Lakers have. Hmm. I haven't seen it yet. If somebody could go ahead and send a photo at Lakers Fast Break, or actually I, I will probably catch either. it. Yeah, I mean, supposedly I've read that and I've read that in a couple articles that supposedly it has it there. So I don't know. It, it, we'll have to see. But again, I think they look very nice. I think everybody out there, you know, better get their money saved because wait for the next NBA.com sale or fanatic sale, because now I know, you know, the whole merchandising from a sports standpoint is owned by fanatics. Seemingly the, at least they've got the entire marketplace there. So if you want to go ahead and check out when and where the Lakers will be going ahead and, and uh, as far as wearing those uniforms, if you want to check some of them out, I will go ahead and provide some links in the description when this hits to be a podcast, an audio podcast, and I will add it later on on the YouTube description. Also as well in the YouTube description, I know we don't know him personally, or we didn't know him personally, but the ringers, Jonathan Sharks, unfortunately passed away this past weekend of uh, causes relating to cancer. And I know the, the community in regards to the basketball reporting world was very distraught over that. I know he'd been battling cancer for quite some time. 
I'm going to try and put in the description, I think I have already a link. I tried to do a tiny URL to his GoFundMe page for his family to hopefully help provide them some relief for the future going forward. So if you want to go ahead and contribute to it, it's there. If you liked and appreciate his work, go ahead and check it out. Plus also, if you can, go ahead and read some back issues of what he did and what he created on on his uh, great articles, including one chronicling his own fight with cancer today uh, right there on The Ringer. So again, if you want to go ahead and do so, I'm going to try and provide the link right there in the description. So by all means, but yes, Jonathan Jarks, I actually listened to him on a few podcasts here and there over the years. And I thought he was very astute, uh, very good at what he did. I read some of his articles over the recent times. Anything that you caught on Jonathan Jarks before we head on out, my friend? No, I've always loved the the stuff that he's done in the past like you and uh, young man. It's, it's really a shame to see somebody go like that. 34, um, I think. Yeah, it's, I mean, when I, I had not known that he was sick and uh, I've curated numerous articles for Laker, uh, Lakers, Laker that were written by him and always, uh, always appreciated it and always made a point to uh, acknowledge that the article was written by him and so forth. So he will, he'll, he'll be missed and, and uh, boy, just remember people, every day is precious. Every day is precious indeed. I do want to mention that I've not found a start date for yet. Uh, for the I know, I know. I look for it every day and it's... Just late September. Again, I know yeah. the, the LeBron minicamp is right around the corner. So we'll wait to see what happens. So that basically, yeah. that means that next week is the week before players get together, mm-hmm. probably. Which means well, the... that that's the week when the Lakers have to make a trade. And they have to make a trade for for a multitude of reasons, including. including you are not going to let, let this die, Gerald. Just let me go here. I just got a second. Go for it. Number one, that's what they promised LeBron when he signed the extension. They're not going to. You know, you know exactly what he said about those picks. Number two. They got a rookie head coach, man. The last thing you want to do is send the rookie head coach and give him a problem like that to handle right off of the bat. It's just not going to happen. And then lastly, LeBron retiring as a Laker is part of the image and brand that the Lakers have created to move into the post-LeBron era. They want to take advantage of the fact that it was Kobe who brought LeBron to Los Angeles, and it will be LeBron who will bring the next superstar to the Lakers. And so there is no way that they are going to cheap out and not make a trade with a, one of the last two years of LeBron's carry, contract at stake. So I'm predicting that there will be a trade with Utah or with the Pacers before a Russell Westbrook trade before any of the Laker teammates get together. Okay. Well, I mean, the mini camp for LeBron has to start pretty much this weekend very soon so we'll see what happens and shortly thereafter the lakers i do know that it's starting late september that's pretty much what i've been able to read off of the wires but if i get any firm dates i report that on sunday when we come back sunday at six once again it's laker tom please go ahead and read his latest articles today as the number one lakers blogger right there at lakerholics.com Hopefully I'll get Joe Sorrell back. I'm not sure his status up in San Francisco because I do know he's catching the Dodgers and Giants this weekend. 
Watch out, Laker Tom. Joe Soro, he could be right outside your house. You scared? Nope. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Hopefully you guys would have a great time. Joe's really just a sweetheart, so he doesn't scare okay. me. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll make sure that he, hopefully he watches this and be able to go ahead and concur with you on that. A sweetheart indeed. But once again, it's Laker Tom. Please go ahead and check his articles, plus Jamie Sweet, his five things articles as well at Lakerholics.com. Don't forget, Joe Soro does have the mobile phone handy, and you could go ahead and go ahead and check him out today as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Paul Terry says, Utah, deal or no deal? Pacers deal or no deal. Okay, well... I'm not going to argue on that because I think that giving up the future just to be a fifth place team. Is, no, there is, there is, there is a good Pacers. There is a good, there is a good deal for the jazz. And the, the deal is that the Lakers would end up getting two. They'd end up with only one player. If they trade for Bogdanovich, Beasley and Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt is the only player. There's a, they have a team option in the second year of Beasley's contract. So they're getting two expiring contracts and they're only accepting one player who would be Vanderbilt for 4.8 million who has a two-year deal. That means that instead of 35 million, the Lakers could make that trade, give up those two picks and still have $30 million heading into summer. I think agents. Utah would want to, Utah wouldn't give up Vanderbilt. They would want both pick. They would want both picks for it. So that's one of the two trades. The other trade that I proposed is obviously the, the Turner and uh, heel trade. I but think if they one of those two trades, I think but if Utah gives up the, they would go with Clarkson. They'd want they want thirty Lakers million dollars. The difference would be the Lakers would have thirty million dollars if they did the Utah deal, and only fifteen million dollars if they do the Pacers deal. So, and the other thing about both of those trades, which are were posted on Lakerholics.com and they've been posted on Twitter, is that the, Laker Lakers would sa- the Lakers would save thirty million dollars in salary and luxury taxes on both deals. That's the attraction for Jeannie Buss. Uh, for maybe until now, the, the attraction hasn't been strong enough. So yeah, but not like she money. talked about her old days with Phil Jackson, as she said on the latest episode of Legacy. Maybe not attracted enough. So we'll see. You, you the, money, get, money, the days are winding down. If they were willing to give up thirty million, you know what thirty million was? That was their estimate of how much it was going to cost them to sign Alex Caruso. Don't get me started on that one. So this is a deal that would give them $30 million. They could then turn around and use it to spend on a player making $10 million. Again, giving up your future for a fifth place team is just not really, I think. It's a first place team if they make that trade. No, not even close. Not even close. No, not. Either one of those trades would elevate the Lakers I'm not out saying the they would out of the play in tournament, but again, we'd still be talking fifth place at best, I think. Sure. But, but I'll take a healthy LeBron and AD and those three guys from Utah or those two guys from Pacers plus maybe Reddish. I take those players and they have to make the trade. You're just no plucking, you're plucking everyone off of every team. <laughs> no, I just have two teams, two teams and trades that make sense for both teams. But you also mentioned the Knicks with Cam Reddish. Yeah, I think the Knicks the Knicks traded a first round pick for Cam Reddish. 
against their own coach's desires because the coach doesn't think he's good and wouldn't play him. And when he played, he didn't shoot well and he didn't play well. He played good defense, but not good offense. So he's only making 4.8 million. He's out of the rotation now completely. He's not going to be in a rotation going forward. He's available in trade. You never know. You never know. But once again, you can catch all the latest trade proposals at Lakerholics.com or at Laker Tom on Twitter, some of which are actually nice to look at, pretty good to look at, and some are very divisive, to say the least. <laughs> I still love I love the ones that you put out there that you know are going to get people talking one way or the other. I love it because you know that, that some of those trade proposals they, are going to get they, If they aren't smart enough to understand that the trades are coming from Laker Tom and not Pacer Tom or Jazz Tom or Celtics Tom, then they should understand that there's going to be a trade that's going to favor the Lakers, of course. You know, I, I, I'll do my best to be to give them a fair shot and, and give them some compensation. But most of these people are so stupid that they don't even understand that their team is tanking, and that's why they're trying to trade those players. Um, I love the ones that ask you to go ahead and take a drug test after you yeah, right. <laughs> I tell them, you know, if I, Send me a DM and give me your give me your address and send send me whatever you want to send me. I I'll be glad to smoke it. Watch out! <laughs> Watch out! Joe Soros right outside your door, my friend. He's right outside your door. But once again, it's Laker Tom. Go ahead and catch yeah. him today at Lakerholics.com. Joe, well, everybody Soros. wants everybody wants some of what I've been smoking or drinking. That's, okay. There's no doubt about that. If you're a Lakers fan, that's absolutely true. But once again, it's Laker Tom for Lakerholics.com. Jamie Sweets at Lakerholics.com. Joe Soros at Lakersball.com. Go ahead and check those guys out today. John McCallion, hopefully he'll be back with us on Sunday. Go ahead and check out his YouTube channel, John McCallion. Go ahead and subscribe today. Speaking of subscribe, I didn't even say go ahead and subscribe today on YouTube below Laker Tom. We need to get to 300. Let's get to 300 subscribers. Go ahead and subscribe today right below Laker Tom and be part of the latest notifications that you will get on when we go live right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. So for Laker Tom and everyone else in the chat room from Paul to Jim to Blue Magic to everyone out there, Jeff Green, my gosh, you guys have been great in the chat room this evening. Once again, thank you so much for being part of what we were doing today in the chat room and, of course, what we're doing here at Lakers Fast Break. And we will be back on Sunday. I don't know where Joe will be, if he'll be calling in from the Bay Area or whatnot, but I know hopefully Laker Tom will be here, maybe Jamie Sweet, maybe John McCallion. Hopefully I can get Kenneth Sweet back. I've tried to go ahead and get reach out to him, TJ Johnson, L. Rob. I've tried to reach out to all those guys to see if they'll come back on. Sean Grice, I'm hoping to get him back on the show as well. Jamie Sweet ain't going to be a trade until next calendar. Okay. That's between you guys and to check that out at Lakerholics.com. But for Laker Tom, it's Gerald Glassford. We want to thank you so much for watching and listening. We truly appreciate it. Please go ahead and check out our latest episodes today if you haven't already. I've got a good one I did last week with Stephen Leckert, executive producer of Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. Please go ahead and check that out today wherever you get your podcasts. So for Laker Tom, it's Gerald Glassford. We're looking forward to another great conversation this Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Lakers Festival.